Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. So this last week, we if you're visiting with us today, welcome. We're glad you're here. I'm glad all of you are here. Thank you for taking time to come to our service this morning. We are working together, memorizing verses this year, 50 verses. And last week's verse, um, let's say it together. We'll start with the reference. If you know it, you can look up here. If you don't know it, look up there. Let's say it together. Second Timothy 1.12. That is why... Wait a minute. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's, start, let's try this all over again, okay? All right. You're supposed to say it loud, okay? All right. Second Timothy 1.12. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Second Timothy 1.12. And that is the wrong verse. <laughs> How many of you recognize it? All right, I've cut and pasted the wrong verse. Who wants to say last week's verse? <laughs> Hebrews 13, 5, and 6. Let's see if we can, let's say verse 5. That was the bold print that we all told you you could learn if you don't want to learn the whole thing. Wait a minute, sorry, nice and loud, Teresa. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 5. Keep yourselves from the love of money and be content with what you have. For God has said, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5. All right, thank you. Okay, sorry about that. I pasted the wrong verse up there. How many of you have a project you've started, but you haven't completed? Whoa, wow, okay. That's not a bad thing, right? I mean, unless it's been going on for 15 years or something. But, you know, projects have a starting point and an ending point. Okay, what are you guys laughing about up here? (laughs) Yeah, your house. Okay, all right. (laughs) Okay, all right. Projects have a starting point and an ending point. You know, we have a project at our church, and we've been working on this together. And we showed some pictures early this year. Uh, we are remodeling. We are planning to remodel from the narthex back to the west to open up our west entry, make it a real entry, uh, make our restrooms area uh, more uh, accessible to everybody, which they are not right now, to open up the narthex. And you've been uh, so kind to participate and uh, we have this project that we are looking at starting. And as Keith Kemper reminded us, we're all going to look like that too when the project is finished, right? We're all going to look really hip, right? And uh, so forth. And, uh, you know, the floor plan is going to change uh, to open up. And, and, and it's a project that we're going to have a starting point and an ending point. The starting point uh, right now, just so you know, it's um, uh, we, are, we are waiting on uh, contractors who are looking at it. Uh, to give us a bid both on the cost and a time frame for it. The blueprints are over in the um, city offices. I have a uh, set of what we call table prints. These are small ones, but these are all the pages of all the details. I mean details that our brother Craig Cheney and his firm have done uh, to get this project ready. starts where it is today. All the things that have to happen to get it to where it's going to be. You're familiar with blueprints. Blueprints are necessary for this type of project to be done. So you can pray about that. We're anticipating getting approval by the end of June, 
and we're hoping soon to be able to interview contractors. But those are the next two steps that need to take place. And as you know, contractors are busy in Seattle right now, right? We all know that. But it's the Lord's, it's the Lord's hand. It's the Lord's project. And we are looking forward to a starting date. And once we start it, we will look at a completion date to finish the project. Won't take as long as your house down, I don't think. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> this morning, look at First Timothy. Our verse in First Timothy today, excuse me, Philippians. I tell you, I'm really messed up in my scriptures here. Philippians, Philippians chapter one, Philippians chapter one, and we want to uh, consider today the idea of a project that God is involved with. Our memory verse today, Philippians chapter one and verse six. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's our verse for this week, and I want to draw your attention to it, and we want to explore it a little bit, and hopefully as we explore it, it helps you as you memorize it and think about the things we've talked about as we apply this verse to our lives. So let's pray. Father, as we open your word, we pray that we would hear your word and that your word would touch our hearts and open our hearts to walk with you, to love you more, to know you better, and to share your good news of salvation. We thank you for the song that we've just, the songs we've sung this morning, especially this last number. We are, we are not alone, Lord, and we believe that. And we believe that because the Holy Spirit lives in our midst and has drawn us to yourself. And for that, we are a thankful and a humble people. Bless your word to our hearts in these next few moments. In Christ's name, amen. Philippians chapter 1, the epistle to the Philippians, just remember the context, Paul on his missionary journey goes to Philippi, his first incursion into what we would say Europe as he crosses over into Europe, and he goes there, and because there's not even enough uh, Jewish people probably for a synagogue there, the ladies are down by the water where they would hold a service, he goes down there, and he meets these people, they come to know Christ, and the, the first convert, Lydia, a woman in Philippi, later the Philippian jailer and his family, and these people become the nucleus of this church at Philippi, which uh, becomes a solid church. And as Paul is in prison, in his prison epistles, he writes this letter to the Philippians. Chapter 1, verse 1, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That is not a throwaway line, just a greeting. Grace and peace. Aren't those beautiful words? Amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Savior Jesus Christ. Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always notice the, notice the, uh, this section here. Notice the all and the inclusive words. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. This always in all things. And Paul is, these people are on his heart and he is praying earnestly for these people. He's remembering them and their ministry and their participation. And he says to them, I'm especially thankful to you because of your partnership, your koinonia, your partnership. And this would have to do with their financial giving. They sent Paul resources. 
uh, so he can continue his ministry. They've done it from the time he was there. These are not rich people, but they, they, they give sacrificially as you give as a congregation. You give sacrificially, not what's left over, but you give sacrificially to the Lord's work and mission work. And in our ministry here, as we continue to, as we look at this facilities, the only reason we're doing this is that we look forward to increasing our ministry and able to be able to continue to support missionary work and support the children's ministry and the youth ministry and the ministry of the Brian Bible Church on this corner that God has given us, your partnership with us. And Paul says, Philippians, you've been partners with me. You've koinonia, you've fellowship with me in the giving and sharing in what? The gospel. From the very first day that we met until now. And this leads up to our verse for this week. Being confident, Paul says, that because of this, I am confident of this. He who began a project, he who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God has begun a project with them. I also want to remind you, as we look at, as we look at this, whenever we read these epistles, when Paul uses the term you, I, when I read it, I automatically think of Jim. I think of me as I apply this to my life, because I am part of the church, the body of Christ, to whom this epistle was written. But I want to remind you that it's also collective. When he says you, he's writing to the body, to the group. The fl- and always keep that in mind. He's writing to the church. He's writing to the collective believers at Philippi, which includes all the individuals. So if I were, if, if we were to receive a letter to you Bereans, to you here today in this church family that are here, it's to you and it's, but it's to you and to me as well and to all of us together. And Paul says, God has begun a good work. God has begun a project. God had a plan. God had blueprints. He has begun a good work. Being confident, Paul says, that he who began this good work will carry it out and will see it to completion on the day that that project is going to end. What Paul is saying is, I am sure of what is to follow. I am positive. I have no doubt from the first day until now, and I am likewise persuaded. This points forward. I am persuaded that this is what God is going to do. One of the commentaries said, we could say, Christ who began to do in you what is good. God, this good is not just the financial participation. Some have said, well, he's talking obviously about their financial participation, that God's going to see this to fruition. Well, yes, that's true. But it's got to be much bigger than that. He's talking about the project of the work of the gospel, the lives that have been changed, and how it has impacted them and their in their relationship with God, their eternal salvation, their hope in Jesus Christ. God will complete this has the idea of continuance of the consummation. Being confident of this. I hope you have this confidence. We have this confidence, friends. God is the one who has started this project. God is the one who initiated salvation. God is the one who took it upon himself by his grace and mercy to bring the message of salvation. And because of that, because it is God's work, he is going to see it through its consummation to its completeness. When we talk about blueprints, I think about God's plan for salvation. 
We have, I have these blueprints, the tabletop prints for the Brian Bible Church. And like I say, it begins with where it is now. First floor existing plan. Second floor existing plan. And then as you move through it, you see how it develops and how things are going to happen and things are going to change to where you get the demolition plan, the construction plan, and the final plan with all the details, all the details in these blueprints. And this, again, is a tabletop copy of the blueprints. And it's God had blueprints, friends. You know, when we read the Bible, God's plan of salvation, we are part of that plan of salvation. You and I are part of this plan of salvation. As this plan unfolded, we use the term progressive revelation, that God progressively unveiled his plan of salvation. When the flood came, no one had anticipated that. When the Tower of Babel, the calling of Abraham, the children of Israel going into slavery, the children of Israel coming back 40 years in the desert, the prophecies of the coming Messianic kingdom, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Did anybody really anticipate that? In Bethlehem, of all places, Bethlehem, Baitlehem, the house of bread, God's plan of salvation. Did anybody anticipate Saul of Tarsus, of all people, would become a believer and quit persecuting Christians and instead give his life to sharing the message of salvation? What about your story? You have a story of salvation if you know Christ as Savior. I have a story of salvation. I know the story of how my family got involved at Emmanuel, some odd situation that could have gone either way, and we ended up there, and I ended up being saved to Camp Gilead, ended up here in this church. God has a plan. And listen, friends, God's plan of salvation, the Bible clearly tells us, was from the foundation of the world. God's blueprints for his plan of salvation was not something that he decided as it went along. Okay, now what do I do? Now the flood. Now what am I going to Of course not. Paul tells us that his plan of salvation, your plan, your involvement in that plan was from the foundation of the world, from before the creation of the world. God had the blueprints all done. And friends, it's all going to, the songs we sang this morning about the assurance of God and his care for us. God already has the plan. God already knows exactly how it's going to, because it's his plan, how it's going to end up. God knows how my plan, how it's going to finish. He knows that because it's his project. He who began a good work. You notice it's a good work. It's a good work. He began it in you. Philippians, Bereans, church, the body of Christ. God's plan for the church, the body of Christ that was previously not unveiled, but it was in the plans and he revealed it. And it was an amazing plan. It was a good plan. And he will see it to fruition. It will come to complete. How is your plan going to end? How is your plan going to come to completion? What is the goal? He tells us until the day of Christ Jesus. There is a consummate. You know, it's interesting. This future look of God's plan is very important in the book of Philippians. Philippians is a, it's so practical. I mean, I, I find myself quoting from Philippians. I've been in the hospitals again this week with people. And I, I find myself quoting from Philippians chapter 4 probably more than anywhere in the Bible, right? Do you know what? If, if, be anxious for nothing but in 
everything. Huh? By prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I think that's the King James translation. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Philippians is such a practical book, friends. I mean, there's just so much that is just so relevant to your life and to my life right now, every day. And yet, this book is is also centered on the future, the future hope. Chapter 1, verse 6, until the day of Christ Jesus. Verse 10, verses 9 and 10, verse 10, so you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until what? The day of Christ. It's looking ahead to the day when Christ returns for us. Chapter 3, or chapter 2 and verse 16. Chapter 2 and verse 16. As you hold out the word of life, in order that I may boast on what? The day of Christ, that I did not run or labor for nothing. Chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Verse, the end of verse 13, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Of the six usages of the day of Christ, three are in the book of Philippians in Paul's writings. This idea of, of of God, the future, that God has the future laid out, that the blueprints are finished. God is not still writing the blueprints, friends. They are finished. They were finished before creation for God's plan of salvation, and you were part. If, if these blueprints were the, were the history, the history of God's plan of salvation, somewhere in these details, somewhere in these details would be the name Jim Shamaria, James Evans Shamaria, be your name. These blueprints were before the foundation of the world. God knows everything. God is sovereign. God has planned out. The blueprints are finished, friends, and they conclude the end and how it works out. And it's because of that, it's because of that, we have this hope and this understanding that God's project is going to come to fruition. He will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Friends, our confidence has very little to do with us or the Philippians. It has everything to do with God. It has everything to do with God. What does this mean to you? What does this mean to me? What this means to me and what this means for you For those of us who know Christ as our Savior, you've accepted God's payment for your sins on the cross of Calvary. When Jesus died on the cross and suffered God's punishment for your sin and shed his blood and rose from the dead and paid for your sins and offered you forgiveness and eternal life, when you've embraced that and received Christ's forgiveness and you've received eternal life, this good work has begun in you. The project has begun. But it isn't finished yet. I want you to think about that. I am saved. The Bible says I am sanctified. I am set apart. I am a saint. That's what the Bible says. 
And yet we see in passages like this that we are still in progress, not for salvation, but in our growth, in our maturity, in our walk and experience with Christ, we are a work in project, progress. I am a work in progress. I am not finished. All you have to do is ask the people who live with me and are closest to me. I am a work in progress. I'm a project. I'm a project. God is a project manager. I have to accept that. You know, there's a fascinating passage in Philippians that goes along with this in the next chapter, Philippians chapter 2. This, this is a fascinating passage of Scripture. This would be worthy of a all by itself for today's message. Chapter 2 and verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Philippians. Con- now look at this. Continue to work out your salvation. Not work for, but work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You live what you are. It starts inside, and what starts inside should be working its way out in your life, how you live, how you talk, how you treat people, what you do with your life, what you do each day. It should be working out. He says, work out your salvation, not work for your salvation, but work out your salvation with fear and trembling, with seriousness. Take it serious. Our lives matter. But then he says, for it is God who works in you to, look at, will and to act or accomplish according to his good purpose. This is a fascinating passage of Scripture. Work out your salvation. Live for God. Live the way you've been called. You have the blueprints. We have the blueprints. But remember, God is at work in you to will and to do His good pleasure. Friends, this is God's work. This is God's work. I am a project. I am in process. God is going to complete it. I have to accept sometimes that I'm on the way. I know I'm going to get there. Now, I'm not talking about salvation, but I'm going to, I'm going to, this project is going to be finished when Christ returns. It's going to be finished. But in the meantime, as I live in this body and I live in this world, I'm a project. I'm a project. And God is at work. And I'm learning. And I'm trying to grow. And I have to accept sometimes my imperfections, right? And I have to am caught up short. I make mistakes. I'm a project. But God is at work. And I'm confident He is going to see it to completion. You know what else that means? That means... The person sitting next to you, the person you came with today, the friend you have here, maybe they're not here with you today, but your family members, your mom or dad, young people, your young people, mom or dad, your spouses, your siblings, those you are closest to, I think we need to remember they also are projects. None of us are perfect. 
God will see to it. God is at work in our lives, both to will and to accomplish His good will. But we need to remember, the people with us aren't perfect yet. They also live in this world. They also struggle with the same things we struggle with. We are projects. We are God's project. And He's going to finish it. And we are confident of that. We need to make some allowances for each other. You know, one of the things that is, is, is I, is a, is in my life, I know for myself personally, so if it's for me, I'm assuming it's for you too. One of the most difficult things is how easy it is to take offense. Right? How easy it is to take offense. Oftentimes the people closest to us because we live in close quarters. That's the thing about a church family. We're in close quarters. Our kids grow up together. We serve together. We do things together. We work mission work. You're working with people. It's close quarters, friends. And that's where we really find out some of our imperfections in close quarters. And you know, it's so easy to take offense. Now what happens afterward when you step back and say, well, maybe it really wasn't meant to be offensive. Maybe I shouldn't have responded that way. Maybe I should learn to just not, you know, Pastor Schutz, uh, my, my predecessor here at the church, God bless him. I learned a lot from him, but I always remember him saying, it can be as much a sin to take offense as give offense. We're so easily offended. But would it help if we just stop and make some allowance and say, yeah, they're also in progress. God's working with them. And, 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 and we can help each other. We go to Ephesians chapter 4 and 5, and I think, it's, I think it's, the best, it's the best counseling for anybody. And at the end of chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says, he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander. But in verse 32, friends, how, you can't go wrong with this. It's not easy. Be kind. Be compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as Christ just as Christ, in Christ God forgave you, be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children, and live a life as love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. How we treat each other. All of us here, friends, God will bring it to completion. But in the meantime, we are here to help one another grow, to help each other mature, to move forward in our walk with Christ and to commit ourselves to loving each other and serving one another. If you can't do it with the person closest to you, you can't do it for your neighborhood or the world. Don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. God is at work. God's work has started. Let me close with this. I want to remind you in this verse here that the day of Christ Jesus is something that should be part of our Christian vocabulary and our and our thinking and our understanding of life. Do I mean, do we really believe Christ is going to return for us? Amen. Are we anticipating that? Are you looking forward to that? Now let's be honest. Let's be honest. Do you really want it to happen today? Sure, okay. <laughs> For some of you, you'd have to be honest and say, yeah, but I'd like to live a little longer, right? 
I'd like to experience life here. I'd like to have that baby, right, Derek? Olga, well, at least till middle of June, can we, you know, have that baby come, you know? I mean, you know, there's, we live in this tension. I have to be honest with you. I, I look back at my life and I say, yes, I'm anticipating Christ coming. I want him to come. It's going to be a wonderful, but I haven't experienced that yet. And there's things in this life I say, yeah, I'm going to miss that. I'd like to experience. Listen, friends, God understands that. I'm going to, where's Gene? I'm going to quote, you know, Gene, you pay a price for getting right into church with us. The, the price you pay is you're part of our family. And you can ask my kids, the worst part about being a pastor's family is what? You become a sermon illustration all the time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to quote my, Gene. This is the price you pay for riding with us. I love that one day we were riding, we were riding the church. Gene reminds us she's probably the oldest person in the room, or at least nearly the oldest person in the room. And that's true today. Okay. And one time she said to us, we were talking about obituaries, and she said, you know, I read and it always says that they died peacefully. And Jean, Jean said, when I die, I'm assuming when, I, when I'm up here, you know, speaking to her, don't say she died peacefully. Say she died reluctantly. <laughs> She's ready. I'm ready. But you know, God is good. And, and, and I, I like being a project. I like being a project. I like that you're projects. I like that we're projects. And that, because that means there is a completion date. Friends, it is coming. Christ is returning. He is coming again. And what a, what a wonderful experience that's going to be. The dead in Christ will rise first. And we which are alive remain will be caught up together to be with Him. And, and the best part is, so shall we be with the Lord forever. That's the best part. That's the best part. And I mean, let's look at it this way. The most beautiful things of this life, the things that you love the most, the things you would be most reluctant to, to leave behind, the same God who created these things is the same God who has created the universe. And we are going to be part of his forever. Listen, friends, we are works in project, progress. We are projects in progress. Christ is coming back. The future, according to chapter 3 of Philippians and verse 20, the future has already begun. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control, will transform, change our bodies, and they will be like, be like, be like His glorious body. Friends, the blueprints are done. The project has a completion. And the Apostle Paul assures us that because of God, He will carry it out until that day we rest assured we are in His hands. And in the meantime, we grow, we learn, we progress, we change, we walk with Him, we serve, we love, we share God does not forsake the work that his own hands 
have begun. Amen? Amen. Let's say it together. You can learn this verse for this week. This one, I know you can learn this. Philippians 1, 6. Say it with me. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Philippians 1, 6. Amen. And I forgot about that song. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Been singing that for a long time. Thank you so much. God bless you. Let's be patient with each other, huh? We're all works in progress. Get that right before I leave here today. We're projects in process. God is good. God is working. Let's help each other. Let's learn from each other. If you have not begun that journey, come and talk to us. We'll be glad to pray with you and help you understand. You can accept Christ. You can accept Christ right where you are now. Receive his forgiveness. He died on the cross. God loves you more than you will ever, ever possibly understand. God loves you, friends, and he wants the best for you. I invite you to come back tonight. The good work has started in Latin America. The Sowers family has shared with us this week. Uh, you can come tonight just by being here and hearing about it and knowing more about it so you can pray for them. You will be part of that good work. It's a good work. I encourage you to come tonight for one-hour service and join with us. Let's close our service in prayer today. Heavenly Father, we love you. We don't deserve to say that. We don't deserve it. But God, you have chosen to love us first. We were in your plans before the foundation of the world. It was no surprise to you. And we came to Christ for salvation. Father, we thank you that your blueprints are finished. We, we know in your scriptures how it's going to end. You've revealed that to us. And God, we thank you that this week, Today is the first day of a brand new week. Maybe it's been a struggle this week, Lord. Maybe all of us look back over the past week and think, oh, you know, maybe we didn't say the right thing. Maybe we didn't react the right way. Maybe we didn't share. We had a chance to share the gospel. Whatever, God. Maybe we struggled with the sin that we struggled with. Whatever it is, this is a new week. This is a new day. We start fresh. Because you are going to see to it. You will bring the plans to fruition. And God, we thank you that our lives are completely in your hands. May we walk with you. May we serve you. May we love you. And may we be examples of your grace, mercy, and kindness to all we come in contact, beginning with those closest to us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.